We should do a Twitter poll. Uh, <laughs> Who's better looking? <laughs> Who's better? It's a podcast. No one knows what we look like. Oh, we, pay, we post <laughs> pictures. Who has a sultrier voice? <laughs> <laughs> Welcome to the Unsuccess Podcast, a podcast where we talk about faith and ministry and, and our journeys here in Portland, Oregon. I'm David Libby. And I am Josh Hawk. And today we're here with Matt Shea, one of my good friends. Uh, someone, I think I met you like in the first day I was here or something. Um, anyway, yeah. thanks for being on, Matt. You bet. Yeah. Yeah. Thanks, Matt. So, <laughs> oh, okay. So Wait, tell, us a, <laughs> tell us a little bit about um, your journey because you've been, you've been here for some time and tied in with what do you mean Josh's here? family. Def- define really, here. We're opening this podcast really well. I mean, this is... I mean, we're good at this stuff. This we're is just A-plus like- material right here. No, <laughs> um, tell, us, tell us about uh, a little bit about your journey because... You wrote a book that I read and loved, and you've got a really interesting journey here in Portland. Well, I grew up here in uh, St. John's. Mm. Then I, uh, yeah, a family of four, uh, and then my uh, dad died of cancer at age nine, and uh, life happened, and I got put into foster care. It took me to Southeast. And uh, man, I'm sorry you had to live in Southeast, Matt. No, no, <laughs> no, no kidding. <laughs> no, we love South. Southeast has some great parts, but North Portland's—it's hard to go from but from North Portland to Southeast. You know, so sorry. Yes, <laughs> sorry to interrupt. Thank you. <laughs> uh, uh, and. Uh, Oh, when the backstory to North Portland and to Southeast for me, I, I always loved North Port, North Portland. Mm. And I was talking about North Portland before it, North Port, the church of North Portland was even a thing. <laughs> like I was really uh, trying to sell North Portland to Southeast people. <laughs> <laughs> and, and I remember I went to a Baptist church when I was living out there. And I remember uh, praying in church for North Portland. <laughs> I heard some oh. stuff happen in North, in, uh, in North Portland when I was still live, when I was still living in South East. Mm. And, uh, and, and enough of that. And then I, uh, anyways, I got placed into another Foster's home at, at age fourteen, after of being rebellious and uh, having some issues, and then I uh, uh, st- got reconnected to the to St. John's Wesleyan Church, and uh, and the the rest is history. Matt, you know, like our our podcast is unsuccess, and we talk about I'm sure we talk about the things that David says we talk about, but um, you know that overall theme is uh, it, it, it's striving for trying to kind of shift a paradigm on how we think about success. Um, your life, though, in a lot of ways, can I think could be characteristic of of being successful, um, at least in terms of, you know, the, the obstacles that you have had to overcome, um, and in your, your resiliency, um, the thing, Matt, the thing that just kind of knowing you, the thing that sticks out to me is like, you don't, you don't let anybody kind of tell you what you can or can't do, um, in, in a, a good way like you rise to the occasion you and and you really take initiative on a lot of things like we were you know just recently we were talking about you know about some of your journey and you like you have found yourself in isolation many times throughout your life and yet you've never let that you know get you down to a point where you can't you uh, you, you can't function or you can't continue you know like you always 
initiate things. You always initiate relationships. And um, so the rest of your story, like you came back to St. John's. And then here's something that I think is really cool and really powerful. Maybe you can kind of speak to this a little bit. But you went to school. You went to a private educator, private college outside of the state. And so tell us what was significant about that. Well, if you go back to my to high school, I, I, I was a foster kid with a disability. Yeah, tell, us about, tell us about your disability a little bit. I had a learning disability and also a physical disability, uh, speech impediment and, uh, phys- and other physical traits. Uh, and I was also in foster care. Mm. And those two together don't mix for going being a successful college student. Mm-hmm. Uh, and uh, I remembered my one of my mentors actually saying when I told this to her, uh, uh, "Don't be some I'm paraphrasing a little bit. Uh, uh, don't be sur- typically a a foster kid with a disability." Don't make it into a into a college setting. Mm-hmm. Uh, there's a lot of uh, there's a lot of issues to get through, mm-hmm. and I felt with that I was like kind of like mad, frustrated, mm-hmm. encouraged to say okay, uh, okay, mad, frustrated, th- th- and encouraged. There's a uh, okay, you, you're telling me something that I can't do something. Uh, uh, oh, watch me do it anyways. <laughs> <laughs> so that gave you that gave you kind of a drive to do it and prove them wrong, huh? Yeah, yeah. And uh, I remember, so it was an uphill battle uh, from there. Like nobody was saying that I, I nobody was saying that I, I could go to I could go to college that year, and. Uh, it was fun. It was funny. Uh, I also have a DD worker from the from developmental disabilities. Which when I got my acceptance letter to college, she said, "We got to get him to get, do our best to get him to college." So that started the the wheels turning. But and there was still a uh, some problems go some from issues to to work through. And I remember I was so stressed out. I was sitting in the kitchen table of my foster home at the time. And it was uh, it was clear as day. I was sitting at the table. And it was like God was saying, all we paid for. That gave me encouragement. And then I was, sitting, I was praying one other time. And then... I heard about some another story about how God worked in the in the studio this way. So I was I remember praying for like God, you you pray you provided in this situation. Surely you can provide in this situation in this in this situation. And that day I got a phone call about about one situation or. Either that day or next, or within that week. And then I went to a, a call, went to a meeting for, uh, for uh, get for my team meeting to go to college. See, I had a team meeting to discuss my college transition, mm-hmm. and uh, I went to college. I the college meeting. I mean, <laughs> yeah, I went to college, but uh, and. I went to the team meeting, and uh, we had a uh, uh, what do you call it? Uh, uh, what phone? Like phone? When 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 somebody is called uh, calling that's not there, and, and it's included in the meeting. What is it called? Oh, like a conference call. A conference call, okay. and with people from Oklahoma, from Oklahoma, uh, uh, they're, they're they're kind of part in Oklahoma. And the and uh, they were like saying, "Well, be get what I what they can help me with," mm. and my eyes were blown. Like, mm. like that's exactly what I was. <laughs> that's exactly what, 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 what I was praying for. Right. Like, 
Ouais. <laughs> wow. oh, like, oh my goodness. <laughs> And so, I, I, went, I, I went to college that fall not knowing what to uh, expect. Mm-hmm. Yeah, well, and so what uh, What kinds of... Uh, what kind of a situation did you find when you got there? Was it... Um, uh, was it as uh, difficult for you as you were fearing, or um, did you get the help that you were needing from other people? Like, what, what did you find when you got there? I felt I excited, but also uh, nervous, and I felt like uh, there was hard times at first. Mm-hmm. Uh, I, there was times in the very beginning that I was ready to pack up and go mm-hmm. go home. Like, is this really for me? Uh, and uh, 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 and I remember thinking throughout college, uh, especially the beginning, like I was never promised an easy ride mm-hmm. some people go to college uh thinking that we're this is going to be an easy an easy ride but mm-hmm. I, i i i was i i kept reminding myself mm-hmm. this mm-hmm. is not a uh, uh, uh this was not promised i actually have yeah. to put in the work uh so every time i felt every time i felt discouraged and all that I rem- I kept remembering myself. This is mm. it, I, it was not pr- this was not promised mm. an easy ride. Uh, in the very beginning, it felt it honestly felt like camp uh, because I went to school with majority of people that I uh, went to camp with in my in my teenage years. Yeah, like summer camps. It, and I had people that the school actually came to to lead games in at the summer camp so i already knew the the people there yeah uh so it would felt like a very camp set like atmosphere but with homework mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> uh, it, it sure had its challenges side note one of the, the the most challenging things for me is i don't like lightning and thunder <laughs> and, and, and and you moved to oklahoma <laughs> <laughs> Good yeah. choice. <laughs> yeah, every time and every time that I miss Oklahoma now, I think of the lightning. Like, yeah, uh, <laughs> forget about it. <laughs> yeah. Although I miss, I do miss some of the people there. Yeah. 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 Matt, something that strikes me is you like you hate the idea of entitlement. Like you've never felt entitled. Yeah. Um, here you are. You find yourself. In in these social services, you, like you, you find yourself in foster care at the the mercy of somebody yeah. else. You have a disability, and so like you, you've got you know a, a a DD, you've got a caseworker, you've got all these people that are helping you succeed. Um, that going back to your, your admission into college, there was significance in you going out of state because you're you you've got a lot of resources available to you. Um, you know, through, through disabilities and everything that's on a state level, not on a federal level. And so when you cross state lines, a lot of that, you had to just kind of kiss goodbye yeah. to, um, and, and you said like college never, like it never came easy to me. Um, or it, it was, I never took it for granted either. And so you've got this tension or not, not this tension, but this relationship, I guess, between, um, between every, all these different people helping you out, mm-hmm. and yet you never felt entitled through that. You never felt like I deserve this. This is my right. You know, like you, you allowed that to empower you to continue on. Like you graduated yeah. with a is it a BSN? Yes, or not a BSN? Uh, that my wife just got a BSN. <laughs> That's in nursing. <laughs> um, but you got You're a, a, a nurse. <laughs> you, you got a, a bachelor's degree and. It's a full a full bachelor's degree. It's it's a non modified bachelor's degree, um, and that I, th- that is really awesome and really amazing. And you, um, you know, you weren't an A plus student, but you gra- you did your homework. You did the work that you needed to do. Like you did it. Somebody else didn't do it for you, but they helped you to do that. And um, 
and that that's something that like you I don't like was there a switch like wh- where does that come from like why 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 is there other people who like we feel entitled and we think we we deserve everything um and yet here you are you know somebody who really probably like you you should absolutely be entitled to have that mentality that mindset mm-hmm. and yet you you don't I think it would have something to do with uh, the way that my dad uh, brought yeah. brought me up. Like it, in the early years, uh, my da- my dad had one thing in the morning. He he would ask us, uh, my mom, my dad, my mom, uh, well him too, but, and my brother in the morning. He would ask us who we are, and what what we do. Uh, he says. We're shays and responsible people, uh, and uh, he would do it, and he, and he uh, would say that over and over again, and uh, and uh, so I wasn't raised to to think, oh, I I sh- I should do the, I should have this because it's expected. Uh, so it, even growing up, going to camps, even though I had I had. Uh, every right to get money for, for, for going to camps from the state. I still made the track over here to get to work in the yard sales to uh, earn money to camp. It was never in my DNA. It was tempted, but uh, uh, it was never in my DNA to, to w- go to, uh, to, to, to take. Uh, one other one other thing. Uh, I for now I forget what I was. Gonna say, uh, uh, that's not important. Well, um, tell us how you find the um, the distinction there. You say it's never in your DNA to take, and and that's um, that's considered a pretty positive attribute if you just think like. American dream style thinking like I'm, I'm going to earn this for myself type of thinking. Um, and, and it seems like that was that you were raised with that. Um, but you also got support from others and you as a, you as a pastor now are offering support to others. Um, tell us how you find that distinction between, uh, like receiving between, receiving you said you don't like to take at all but um but you're a person now who offers <laughs> uh support to people like um is there is there a distinction there or has your mindset changed like what do you see that yeah that's kind of hard because i see people minister to people that all they do is yeah. is take 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 mm-hmm. and uh it drives me crazy because they they can they can have what they 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 have a less of a disability than I than I do, but yet uh, they're they're constantly going from job to job, house to house. I'm like, yeah, it, and but but by the grace of God, there go I. Uh, uh, and I and I even work at a retirement home. Where uh, I'm, I'm surrounded by that too. Uh, mm. uh, uh, even though the elderly ha- are come from the generation that where the entitlement was not in their DNA either, uh, it's it's hard. Uh, I wrestle with it. I see both sides of the of the story. Mm-hmm. I I see where they're coming from. Uh, I just I just listen. Mm. I, man, I'm, I'm like my mind, I've known you, Matt, for like, for a long, long time. Um, I mean, probably, shoot, going on like 20 years, 20 plus years, 25 mm-hmm. maybe. Um, I just turned and like li- listening to you, like, I, uh, I'm, this is just awesome. Um, I feel like, like seeing this, seeing this connection between like you being able 
you you receiving services like and and receiving help like you acknowledge your limitations you acknowledge your inabilities to do certain things yeah. and you're like I I cannot actually visit I do have a disabilities you know that and I need I need help but you don't let that negate your personal responsibility too um and I I love that and I'm I'm seeing that quote from your dad I'm going to remember that now it's going to go on in infamy we're shays and we're responsible um I'm like I'm going to try telling my kids that every morning now <laughs> you're going to tell your kids we're shays and we're responsible oh, like you are a hawk and you are responsible huh. and you're respectful <laughs> we use the we use the r words um well, those are ones. <laughs> yeah, um, and that, that's that's inspiring. And so, like Matt, another thing for you is that the importance of people, the importance of community. And so, it it seems like maybe this is me projecting, and you could speak to this. Um, but it seems like when you've received those services, it's not about like services that you're receiving, but it's about like the relationship that that you're into. And so college, the people who helped you in college, like you were in real relationship with them. Yes. You, you were in community with them and you, you love people. Um, and that, that is a, a parent. Um, so how, how is that value? And maybe where did that come from too? With like, um, the, the importance of relationship and the importance of community. Um, how has that impacted you? How have you, um, where that grow? Where does that come from? Yeah. Well, it, I I I wasn't always like that. Uh, uh, very outgoing. I and I tried throughout school, throughout grade school, middle school, and and uh, and uh, throughout the early years of school, uh, trying to make friends, but I I was I lacked the confidence in other sit situations and it wasn't until i got uh got to oklahoma and and decided to put down my my insecurities and start over that i really started to break out into uh the social butterfly that i became known as uh i wasn't always the the i'm not naturally a social butterfly i had to take I had to work at it, mm. uh, uh, and uh, it, and I was always in church. I was always around people. Uh, to I always enjoyed. I hated when I was. There were times I was grounded, and I hated being in my room because I wanted to be around people, <laughs> uh, 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 and. Uh, uh, people drive people drives drive me mm. but yet i like to be a not around people at some point mm. um so here's something i i was thinking about as you were talking we as a society stop me here if i say something offensive i don't think i'm going to i this is just this is just on my mind. We as a society tend to look down on certain types of people or or feel bad for them or think that they're in a pitiful place. I We, we talk a lot about um, homeless folks on this podcast because there's a lot of homelessness in the area. And we tend to... Uh, feel bad for or feel pity for or look down on uh, people who are homeless. And when we had Gus Kroll on here who helps with uh, houseless folks in the area, he said like how much they have to offer society and how um, in, in looking at the situations they find themselves in, they are the experts. They have stuff to teach us yeah, and yeah. we don't we don't listen to them. Uh, you've talked here about your learning disability. You've talked about your situation in the foster care system. You've talked about receiving from people. Um, what I was wondering uh, if you could speak to this. Um, what do you think? Either 
people with learning disabilities uh, like yours or people in the foster care system can teach people who haven't been in those circumstances. Mm. What, what do we have to learn from, from you in your situation? What do we have to learn from people um, in the foster care system, say? The importance of not of being of slowing down intentional and and a rethinking well i I've thought about this to a point, like some people that are worse off than me tend to be very happy all the time uh like oh that oh people with Down syndrome were were born were born just to make pe- other people happy hmm. uh and uh, and one of my spiritual gifts is one of my gifts is encouragement, uh, and I that comes from uh, who I am growing up, being someone to encourage. I I was I always I almost always have a smile fa- smiley face on me, but I think the 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 thing that that people with disabilities could teach people uh, uh, all because because we're all we all have a disability to some extent yeah uh, uh, but we like to point fingers at different people yeah because they're worse off than us uh, mm. and but how to think of life differently in terms of success and what kind of jobs? Uh, yeah, and yeah. that's a that's a that's a hard question. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. Um, no, that's that's really good. Uh, you you mentioned I was I was jotting this down as fast as I could. Um, slowing down intentionally. Uh, showing joy all the time, encouraging folks, and um, teaching people how to think of life differently in terms of success i um these are these are all things that are um pretty countercultural in society today right yep. like we're 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 very um singularly focused um we're we're not all about encouragement and it's not because we don't want to be it's just because like i've got my own stuff and you've got your own stuff and so we're kind of right. focused on ourselves these are these are values that um many people should have and yet um it, you don't see very often in society that's really good stuff yeah i something that comes to mind is we can often be patronizing in how we view people and like matt i think i think you can be a prime example of this when when we, we can celebrate the fact, oh, Matt, you've got a job. Yay. As Matt rolls his eyes, you know, um, <laughs> and like you, that that's extremely patronizing. So that like the idea of success or for you contributing to society, like the bar is significantly lower. Yeah. Because you could, we, we as a society have done that. We're like, oh, well, well you, you get you know, you get an extra bonus card, you know, because you have a disability or, you know, like David going back to the homeless, you know, like, oh, well, you know, like you, as long as you don't do drugs, you're, you're winning, you know, like, yeah, that, that's successful as a, a homeless person. You know, like we all, and it, it's this metrics that we, we have, you know, like, oh, well, you've got to get certain good grades. You've got to look a certain way. You've got to dress a certain way. You even have to smell a certain way to kind of fit into our culture. Um, but we all have different things to offer, and it's it's different. It, it like let's stop assigning these values to you know to to what we are. Whether you know we're um, whether we're you know at a grocery store where we're working at a grocery store or a CEO of a you know a billion dollar company. Um, like let's stop attributing value to that. As it, like we are all still the same, and and I realized this yesterday. Um, or the the other day, I was having a conversation with people and and talking about people in political power and thinking, you know, like our our neighbor, our city commissioners, 
they they're just normal people. They don't they're not actually smarter than we are. You know, they know different things than we do, right. and we all have different things to bring to the table. And yet we assign these these values to individuals. Yeah. Yeah. Uh going off of that, uh it, one other thing about my story relating to that is on other that, that motivates me to do well is the fact that because I went to college, uh, I became ineligible for Social Security. Uh, I, I, oh. I, I applied numerous times for Social Security. People wanted me to apply social, for Social Security. But because I, be, I was rated yeah. smart, enough, smart enough to hold a job, they wanted they wanted to uh, allow me to have social security, but I wasn't able to find a job. I, I, had, I had a hard time finding a job that I could actually do. It took me a year and a half to, to actually find a job that I could, I could do well. But even that, I had to get help from people to even do that. So, uh, uh, so yeah, society values people uh, if they do a certain system, a certain mm-hmm. way. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Wow. They uh, they tried to talk you out of going to college, and then you went to prove them wrong, and then they took away Social Security, huh? Yeah. That's uh, that's not great. <laughs> that's not great. Um, tell us. I I'm so fascinated. I I like to write a lot and uh I'm I'm currently in the middle of two books because I always get going and then writing I writing two books? Huh? Writing two books? Writing, or? yes, because I I um I really like I get really passionate and then I get about halfway through and then I'm like this is all garbage <laughs> and I don't ever want to see it again. And I'm I'm still I'm still trying my my anxiety about uh, putting my words into the world. I think is getting the better of me. But you you wrote a book. I read it a few years ago. It was phenomenal. Uh, how did you how did you come to the place where you huh. decided you wanted to share your story with the world? And uh, how did how did you get going with that? Like, did you get support or did this just come? Uh, did you just decide, oh, my, I gotta, I gotta share my story right now. Well, at, in college, uh, I don't know if you guys ever w- read the book, Heaven is for Real. Uh, the author came to the call, was a, is an alumni of the college as well. And I, and I went to a workshop that he was doing and he, he talked about being a, being an author and being bivocational ministry as as well, and that intrigued me, uh, since about junior sophomore year, and and then uh, I remember being in a young adult serve college service at a church in Oklahoma, Bartlesville, Oklahoma, that is, and uh, I remember one of the pastors saying. One of you is going to write a book, and I I took that to a heart, <laughs> and then uh, I I remember when I graduated and came back to Portland, I I got in I got interviewed by the Oregonian to uh for for the accomplishment that I made being the the first kid in foster, one of the first kids in foster care to make it uh, to college and graduate. And uh, it was a follow-up story to the, the the one that was made of me when I went to college back in 2008. And, uh, and so uh, a lot of people were inspired by my story back then. So I decided to go for it and write my book. And, and I had an aunt who is an author who uh, uh, who uh, helped me put the who helped me uh, put the book together after I wrote 
over a hundred pages or so. And I also had a other person by the name of Mike, uh, who, uh, Mike, if you're listening, thanks. <laughs> and, and, uh, and, uh, 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 so, uh, I wrote the book. It, it was a it was an intergenerational effort. Like we had a forty five year old, a eighty uh, something year old, and a at that time twenty four year old, uh, uh, all working together to write the book. And uh, and it was published in two thousand and fifteen. the The book was about how to reach one. How was the book it was about my experience. And growing up with a disability, and going to fo- and going to college out of foster care, and uh, and the aim of the book was to touch just one person, uh, make one person's life better. It's all worth it. And we, and we prayed for that one person when Mike and I got together. We prayed for that one person to read that story. And, and when the book was published, I was sure uh, everything was good. Was We had a lot of uh, book releases, like three or four book, book release parties. And uh, I, I remember going on lo- online to Amazon and uh, reading the, the rating, like a five-star post. Uh, and then uh, I, I say that's cool. But then I uh, <laughs> then I read the one of the reviews that said, uh, "Thank you for writing this book. This is I've been searching for uh, a book on Soto syndrome, uh, and, and, it's, and it's hard to come by. You're going to help a lot of families. That right there." Uh, uh, Beat uh, having uh, a, a five star rating any day. Like I uh, just knowing that the the in, that I was writing something that God was preparing someone to read all along, like put in the path, made it all worth it. It, it was that one person that ma- that we were praying for made it all worth it. Yeah. Mm. So. Uh, the book is called Reflections of a Life Worth Living uh, because everybody's life is worth living. Mm. Oh, yeah, that's good. Mm. That's great. Um, yeah, it's, it's, uh, it's interesting because I, I met you in 2015 and, and we hit it off real quick because you're a social butterfly and I was new and didn't know anyone. And, uh, and Pause. We need to get a shirt for Matt that just says, I'm a social butterfly. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. I would say we should sell it to our, uh, on our, on our website, except, uh, most of our listeners are that I know of are extreme introverts. And so I, I don't think it would sell very well. <laughs> um, and, shortly after I met you, one of the people who, uh, lives at the, the retirement home that you work at. She called me up. She said, Hey, there's an author who's doing a reading. You want to come do it? And I said, sure. And I, I sat down and in walks, in walks you. (laughs) (laughs) And that was, that was the first time I had heard anything about your, um, disability or anything about your life. Uh, at that point, you, um, uh, you just, you, you carry yourself so confidently that I, I had no idea that of of any of your story before, so it was it was very eye opening and and a very very cool day. Side note, uh, w- w- before you came to uh, to, to to North Portland, I was part of a uh, prayer group that actually prayed for for you to come to in, to to St. John's. How disappointed were you when I showed up? <laughs> <laughs> ah, oh, this I, guy. I, I kept I kept praying. <laughs> <laughs> still, but, but you're still a, hasn't changed yet. But, but you're a good guy. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> that's good. Yeah, yeah, I remember that that day. Uh, uh, that day, uh, uh, the day that you're talking about was actually 
uh, one of one of the one of the biggest book releases that we that I had. It was a huge group. It was like we had to bring in other tables and other chairs. It was this massive group in the middle of Harvest Homes. Uh, hearing hearing your story, it was really really cool. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Plus, every time I go, uh, someone buys me lunch there, so that that was cool too. <laughs> <laughs> Matt's quote. I didn't go for, for you. that. Yeah. And then I'm still praying for you. <laughs> That's so good. <laughs> oh. oh man. That's so great. Um yeah, so I uh, what um what do you see as um being like the like the next big stage of your of your journey here? You're um uh, not not necessarily like a different career or anything, but what do you see moving forward as your place in the um, in the ministry of North Portland and your place just in the church altogether? Well, my my place is to is to serve, really, uh, to love God, love others, uh, no matter how uh, it looks like. I have. Uh, Talking about paradigms, I whenever I'm asked about uh, about about when I'm gonna uh, pastor my own church or uh, mm. or become a pastor, I like cringe and say I already am a pastor, yeah. and uh, <laughs> and uh, it, it's part of mm. I, I I work at a retirement home and I'm and I'm on staff at a church. Yeah. It I, I see that as one in the same, like, uh, like, uh, I, I'm serving and, and I tried to make it and, and I made a connection between the church and harvest and the retirement home that I was that I'm living in, that I'm, I work in. Uh, and it, it has made, made a, a stronger connection between both things. Mm. And, I think that my ministry going forward it will be more of the same to 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 yeah uh and uh it, yeah I get that that if, then again uh here again there is that big successful question like when are you going to be uh the pastor when are you going to have that dream job well i already have that dream job uh, <laughs> it's it's funny because that um uh, like being a pastor for a lot of people who have ministry in their blood and in their veins they think being the like lead pastor or the sole pastor of a church is like the final goal and you find yeah. what you do is exactly what you're doing like it, it's it's mostly going to visit people, sitting with them, um, caring for them. Josh, you and I were talking about a, a rough conversation you've recently had uh, with with someone who's going through a lot. Like these are these are the things that you do. And when when people point to, oh, you need to get to the next place yes. where you're yeah. the lead pastor. It, it's exactly what you're doing right now. <laughs> yeah. And and when you're I uh, I I know some of the people that I know who are the best pastors I know are people who like one of them right now he works in a at a place that works on trucks and one of them works in a chemical plant close and they care for their coworkers and uh hear like hear their coworker stories and help them through it and um their coworkers are not Christian, but when um, when they're going through a rough time, they'll say, "Hey, um, I'll be praying for you. Is that okay?" And their coworkers are really moved by that. That is pastoring right there. Yeah, that's pastoring. And um, looking to like the next stage, you have to have a title and be listed on the sign of a church and have a business card. That's that's not what being a pastor is. Being a pastor is being a pastor to people around you. And everyone that is um, caring for anyone in 
the the circles in which they find themselves living is acting as a pastor to people. So, so I, I, I got a good story with that. Yeah. Uh, I, uh, I was commissioned in the Wesleyan Church uh, as a pastor, uh, and I was called by title pastor, but it, but a few months ago, about a few months after that, one of my uh, people that I was ministering to for a year or so said, Matt's my pastor. And it, it, I think I, I became more of a pastor that, that day than being ordained or commissioned, laying on hand by people that I don't hardly see. Uh, mm. uh, 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 did like sure it was great and it was great and all to uh to have people uh, pray over pray over ha- hands over but when the congregate when one of the congregants says you're my you're my pastor mm. and he doesn't even go to the church anymore but he still uh, he still talks to me and says uh uh pray for me and mm. thank you for your prayers Mm. Uh, so it's that relation. It's that relationship that makes the pastor, not the titles, like like, like you said. Yeah, yeah, and you know that's the heart and soul of of this whole show, uh, of like really trying to push against these titles that we put on people, and um, yeah, and this this leveling, and you know, it's it's not about kind of achieving something of great worth or value, you know, and. I remember as a younger person and going through college, there's always something else, you know, like, and I, I, I got my bachelor's and I went on to graduate school and they're like, there's always something different, you know, like, and then, oh, I graduated and then you you have an internship and and then you're going to get a job and then it's a stepping stone to the next job. And, um, and then you, you like, for me, then I, I got married, and then I had a kid, and one kid wasn't enough, so I had to have another kid. And like, there's there's always something more that we're reaching for, that we're striving for. And you know, it it is important for our lives to have a trajectory, to have a direction in which we're going. But man, we got to learn to be content with where we are, and mm-hmm. um, because there, it's never if if we are seeking value in the next thing. We're we're never gonna be content, you know. Yep. We we are always going to be reaching for, um, for something more. And and so Matt, I appreciate your story. I appreciate your life. You know, um, you know, for for being as you are. Yeah, we and you find you find in situations in which you are achieving more and more and more that you're less and less content. When we talked with AJ Swoboda, he was just coming oh, man, off yeah. of a, a Sabbath or a sabbatical time. And he said, God just really beat into he and his wife that he wasn't content with the people God put in front of him. And so the more you chase, the more you want. And um, I think we can all absolutely learn from your story, Matt, that um, uh, where God puts you is where God wants you. Yeah. And, and, I, and, and I remember hearing, that reminds me of a quote, wherever, wherever I'm at, that's where I'm at. <laughs> <laughs> that's true. <laughs> so good. <laughs> Well, thanks so much for being on, Matt. Yeah, Matt, uh, before we go real quick, I, I'm wondering if you could leave us with, see if you can remember it. You you, you mentioned this in church a, a couple weeks ago uh, about what you try to do and who you try to be right now um, to specifically like towards other people. Um, do you remember that? Yeah. Uh, I try to be... Uh, uh, the person that I want other per- people to be, like I, I try to be the 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 thing, the person that I would that I was that I'm looking for for other people. Uh, I forget how I said it, but it, it goes in that very direction. Try to be the person that that you would want 
that you're that you're looking for. Like try to be the in a business setting, try to be the per, the resource that you uh, try to provide the resource that if you were looking for a, something that you would that you would need. Like try to be the person that you would want to be in the situation that you are in. Yeah. What really struck me too, like as we think back on, on your life and reflect on your story, you know, like now you, you are being that person that you wanted. Yeah. That you wanted others to be for you. And I think that, that, that's so, instead of taking, instead of looking for something else, you know, it's like, no, it, it's all on each one of us to be the person that we are made to be the person that we are created and to, to be the person that we wanted somebody else to be for us. I think that, yes, that's really good. And Matt, like you, you are living that. And, uh, mm-hmm. and so it's super inspiring. And, and my hope is that, you know, we can all take that with us. Um, we can all take, you know, nuggets from your story um, and that we can be those people that, be the people in the world that, you know, we want others to be. Yeah. Yeah. That's so great. Um, remind us, uh, the name of your book in case people want to check it out. Uh, reflections of a life worth living. Reflections of a life worth living. Go check it out. If you can find it. Um, it's it's actually not in print anymore. Oh, that is (laughs) devastating. I did Um, look though. You can, on on Amazon, um, there is a paperback version available for eight hundred and ninety four dollars. Oh, that is a steal. <laughs> that's only so, that's only like uh, like eight bucks a page, right? Yeah. That's so great. If, if you want a hard copy, you can order that. <laughs> Matt will autograph it for you. Yeah, um, that part is true. He'd better autograph <laughs> it in gold for what you're paying for. It, it. it is available though through through Kindle okay. for four, four ninety nine. So reflections of a life worth well. I mean, if it's only uh, if it's only seven hundred and ninety five dollars more, you might as well get the paperback, That's true. right? Yeah, yeah. It, and Matt will go, autograph it for free for you. So. All all proceeds will go to some greedy jerk <laughs> with with a couple of copies in his ass. So, um, all right, and uh, and people can find you on Facebook, yes. Instagram, uh, or in the community, Instagram. not on Instagram. Or People, I mean, because Matt's a social butterfly, so he may just fly in. Yeah, Matt will find you. Matt will find you <laughs> anywhere on planet Earth. Matt will like, find you. Like where in the where in the world is Carmen Sandiego? Where, where in, in the world is Matt Shea? You could. I mean, someone could. We have we have a like a small but rabid group of listeners. If any of you design video games. <laughs> Uh, please make that. I would play the heck out of <laughs> Where in the World is Matt Shea. Shea. <laughs> anyway, thanks so much for being on. You're welcome. And for the Unsuccess Podcast, I'm David. And I'm Josh. Until next time. Boop.